We're in a new series now that we've been in. We're going to go to part three today on prayer works. We're a praying church that believes in prayer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And so I want to talk to you today on a, uh, during our morning prayers. We're in the 21 days of prayer this month that uh, God really, I was listening to a song that was playing a worship song, and in that song, we'll play a part of it in a few minutes. There's a line in there, and man, it just grabbed my heart. That whole, just that one statement just grabbed my heart. And I want to talk to you today on the roar of the cross. Let's go to our text that we're using every Sunday this month in Philippians 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, say every situation, Anybody here got a few going on? He said, in every situation, do what? By prayer and petition. We're going to define those today, but by prayer and petition, but he didn't stop there, but also with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so what God's saying there is there's a prayer, and we're going to talk to you about the prayer. Then there's a petition that you add on during your prayer but God said, you don't stop there, because how many times have we thrown our need up to God, but we never took time to thank him for the needs he's already met? And God says, when you pray, and let me say as a pastor, when you pray, there should always be equal thanks for requests. Because how many could raise a hand with me and say, God's been good to me? All right? And so God's saying, when you do this, the peace of God, how many could use some of that today? which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, prayer builds a reservoir in our life that we can go draw from in our time of struggle or in our time of situations. That if I have no prayer life, I have no reservoir to draw from. So when crisis comes, we panic. But if I know that I have spent time with God, and I know that there's prayer going on in my life and my family every day. There's a reservoir of promises that God has in his word that I get to tap into in my time of struggle, in my time of need. And that's why prayer is so important, all right? That's why I encourage you. We're in a 21-day prayer that we're here every morning, 6 to 7 o'clock. We have a quick time of worship, dynamic little word, and then 30, 40 minutes of prayer. And it's been powerful. We're already here in mirror. I challenge you, though we don't do that every week, but every Saturday, there's prayer here. We have a large group of people that come, a good group, and from 9 to 10. And I challenge you, bring your family to prayer on some Saturday mornings. Bring your kids with you and pray as a family. And watch what God will do in your life because prayer works. It really does. And so I want to look today at this thing called prayer because, you see, prayer is acknowledgement of the cross, the roar of the cross, and I want to take you back to our first message we preached on this to start with. And we talked about the tabernacle and how God uses the Old Testament as the type and shadow to let us get a visual of what he's really wanting to do to us and with us in the New Testament and the spiritual. So he lets us see physical, what he wants to do spiritual. And he also gives us a physical pattern that we can see. And so the ultimate goal of the priest in the Old Testament with the tabernacle was to get to the Holy of Holies, the divine presence of God. But he didn't immediately go from the door of the tabernacle to the Holy of Holies. There was a process that he had to go through before he could get there. And the first stop was the brazen altar. And then he would go to the laver, 
And then he could go into the holy of into the holy place, and there you see the altar represented the cross. We're going to talk about that today. But he had to stop first at a recognition that I need the blood of Jesus in my life. I need to be covered by the blood, salvation. But then he went to the laver, which was self-examination, where he would examine himself and wash his hands and his feet and his whole body, knowing now that I'm going to go in and enjoy the candlestick, the illumination of God's word. He, he's going to enjoy the shoe bread, which is the provision of God. He's going to enjoy the altar of incense, which is worship, which would lead him from worship into the divine presence of God. That's the journey that God gave us. But I want to use just that first stop today the brazen altar, because the altar represents the cross. And can I tell you today that until you and I acknowledge the cross of Jesus in our life, nothing else is going to take place or matter. But there's the, what God spoke to me as I was listening to this song and that comment, the roar of the cross came out. The Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart. The cross is speaking, but can you hear it? And I want to talk to you today on what's the cross saying. Are we listening? You see in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness, for by his wounds we are healed. And then Paul says in Corinthians, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to those of us who are saved, it is the power of God. Come on, how many is thankful for the cross in your life today? Amen. Listen to the, just some words of this song real quick. Here's the word, see the light tearing through the darkness. How many is glad Jesus did that when you were in darkness? Amen. Hear the roar of the rugged cross. Jesus Christ, you alone have saved us. We worship you now. And I want to talk to you very quickly. It's going to be a very elementary type message today, very simple. But I pray it'll be life-changing for you. The cross is speaking to us. There's a roar coming from the cross. Isaiah 55, it says, As the rain and the snow came down from heaven, come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, underline and highlight this part, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, 
but we but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose that I sent it. God's saying here, he's saying just like the rain comes down upon the earth and it waters the earth, he said it does what I sent it to do. It will not come back to me empty and void without doing what I sent the rain to do. He said, so is my word. That when God releases his word, the Bible said he sent his word and he healed them. He, he released his word for a specific purpose. And God wants you to know today that when he releases his word in your life, the promises of God in your life, God says, they're not coming back to me empty. They're not going to come back to me void. What I release my word to do in your life is going to accomplish that in your life. Come on, somebody, help me here. He said, when my family's broken, God's going to heal my marriage. When the doctor says I can't get well, the, the healer says that I can. When the banker says you're going to lose it all, I have a supplier in heaven that supplies all of my needs. So you got to come, and Jesus is saying that no matter what your circumstance is, when I release my word upon your circumstance, it will not come back to me empty is going to perform what I sent it to do in your life. Come on, we ought to give you some praise on that one. And so I want to talk to you today about this because he says, once you understand that, you will go out in joy. Come on, how many knows when you see God working on your behalf, man, there's some joy comes along with that. Amen. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace the mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field, they're going to clap their hands. And here's what I want to challenge you today. I want to take you on a little journey, but I want to challenge you today to begin to declare and speak and pray the Word of God over your life every day. I want you to begin to declare God's Word, and this is what God is saying. I've sent my Word. You've got my Word. Listen today, and I'm, I'm not against prayer lines, so please don't misunderstand this, but you don't need a prayer line if you have a prayer line. You with me? Now, we still need each other, so don't get me wrong, but you won't need this as much if you have this. And when I have that prayer line to God, and he's watering my life with his word, his word's not going to return back to him without doing in my life what he sent it to do. Come on, are you with me today? And so what does that mean? Learn to pray his word. Learn to declare his word. And I want to share with you five areas that I want to help you as a pastor to begin to pray over. Because you see, the Bible said that Abraham, against all hope, believed in hope, and God responded and answered and fulfilled his will. Because God had promised Abraham that through him an heir was going to come, a son was going to come, and through that son he was going to bless the nations of the earth, and that his seed would outnumber the stars of the sky. Abraham was a hundred years old. His wife was 90. That ain't happening. But it did. It did happen because against all hope, he believed in hope. And God answered his prayer and gave him that son. And can I just say this before I get into this word today? It doesn't matter what you're looking at. 
It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what the banker's telling you. It doesn't matter what all the experts are throwing at you. You've got to have hope against hope. You've got to believe in everything that says it can't happen. You've got to understand that God's sending a word into your marriage. He's sending a word into your finances. He's sending a word into your health. He's sending a word into your household. He's sending a word into your lost children that you wonder if they're ever going to get saved, but he's dealing with them when you can't. He's going to honor his word in your life. But my role is not to try to argue with the word, it's declare the word. Watch that word take place in our life. Come on, you ready to go with me for a journey? Number one is I want you to begin to pray your salvation. I want you to begin to declare it. Declare it in prayer. How many glad that you know Jesus this morning? But see, sometimes we can get saved too long. That we forget that we were once lost, but now we're found, and we take this thing for granted. But we know the scripture, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Come on, anybody here glad that God loved you so much? And, and here's the key to that, is that I believe with all my heart, I pray that I would, but I believe I could lay my life down and I would lay my life down for you. I really believe that I would do that but I can't stand here and tell you that I would give one of my children to lay their life down for you because I can't commit to you that type level of love or commitment. I just can't. But God did. God loved us so much that not only did he die, he sent his only son to die. And I want to challenge you as you pray every day is pray a declaration to God that I thank you, Father, that you loved me enough. I thank you that you were willing to give so much. I thank you today, God, that my salvation is in you today and that you were willing to pay a price. How many's got kids in here? How many knows this is a whole better relationship when your kids start telling you you're the best dad in the world before they ask you for something? Come on, anybody? Like, you're the coolest dad, you know. I know you're old, but you're cool old, okay? That's what we're doing in our first prayers. I just want to thank you, God, that you're the greatest, man. You, you're the, so awesome. You didn't just love me enough. You love me so much that you sent your son to die for me. Yeah. Begin to declare your salvation in Jesus, thankfulness for your salvation. Acts 4, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. That in your prayer, you're declaring, there is no God but you. There's nobody that could save me. I went to this clinic, to that doctor, to that professional, that person, and they did what they could do, but they couldn't change my life. But Jesus, I thank you today that in one moment, one season, just one second in your presence, you changed my life. There's nobody but you. There's no one but you that rules this earth. I just want to thank you today, Father, for my salvation and know that my salvation is based in and only in you. Yeah. Begin to declare it today. Sometimes you need to remind yourself you're saved. Sometimes you need to enjoy that again and come back to that point of salvation that you never lose that first love. You never lose that feeling of that first love and when you first met Jesus. Number two is Freedom. Begin to declare your freedom because the first step, we have a four-step process that, that we pray that every person in this church journey takes that journey on. Number one is salvation. We want to know that you know God. I'm not interested in how many numbers we have in here. I want to know how many lives are being transformed in here. That's the only thing. I, I'm not into the number thing. 
I want to know that every person that walks in this building has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd rather have 500 that know God than 15,000 and wonder where they're at. You with me? And so our first thing is we want you to know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. And then number two is we want you to begin to pray your freedom because that's the next step on the journey is that we want to know that how, how many came out of the world? How many here did Jesus save from some stuff? How many found out after you got saved, there was still some stuff going on? Didn't get it all worked out, including the preacher, both hands raised. Because we're still working it out, aren't we? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How many's glad you're part of a church that'll help you work it out, not judge you while you're working it? Amen, because we've all sinned in this house and come short of the glory of God. But I want you to begin to pray your own freedom. You begin to declare your freedom in God. I'm already taking part of the salvation. That's already done. But now, Father, I want to come to you. Romans 8, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And I want you to begin to declare over your life. Understand the salvation part's already taken care of. I thank you for my salvation. I declare my salvation today. No lie the enemy brings to me today is going to take me back to that old lifestyle because I'm saved in you. I'm secure in you. And right now, Father, I thank you that you're freeing me from those bondages. I thank you today that I no longer live under condemnation and guilt of the things that I did and, and carried in the past, but whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And today, I declare my freedom in you today, Father. I declare that the blood that you shed on Calvary has done its work and is doing its work in my life. I will not go backwards. I'm going forward. I'm working out my salvation. Help me where I'm weak. Help me where I'm not there yet. Though I'm not what I want to be, I thank you that I'm not what I used to be. And I just want to come today, Lord, and declare the freedom over my life. Father, you saved me from all that drinking and drugging and doping. And God, I pray today, Lord, I'm not going back to that lifestyle. I may have slipped up yesterday, but God, your grace is new every morning and your mercies are new in my life. And God, I thank you today that you're freeing me. The thing I used to want, I now hate. And the things I used to hate, I'm now seeking after. And I thank you for a transformed life today. And I declare my freedom in Jesus' name. When you begin to open the heavens and let the word of God rain down on your life, you don't need 15 people around to do it for you. Good preaching right there. Thank you. Sorry, I'm really preaching today, aren't I? I'm yelling. Well, 21 days of early prayer will do that to you, okay? But I want to challenge you today, folks. What I don't want is a church full of people that find Jesus and then they struggle their whole walk with Christ. That's not what he saved you for is to struggle. He saved you to free you. That's why we have small groups. Because life change comes through small groups. And I want to encourage you, get in a small group. Start a small group. Build relationship with people. Get accountable to somebody talk, find somebody that's like you. They got the same passion you do and get in that group and begin to share. I hardly counsel anybody in this church anymore because, and I'm available, but I'm not needed because our small groups are doing that through relationships and accountability with each other. Very few pastors can say that. But today I want to challenge you today because we don't want you to just get saved. We want you to get free, get free from all that stuff. Because how many would be honest today? You don't have to raise your hand, Ken, if you want to. But how many be honest today? I'm saved. I'm knowing I'm going to heaven. But boy, that devil's just not letting go of some things, you know? 
And I, I know God's forgiven me of them, but he just wants to keep reminding me of stuff. Now, when you start speaking God's word over your life, resist the devil. He'll start taking off. Come on, start praying your freedom. Start declaring your freedom in Jesus' name. Number three is healing. I want you to start speaking healing over your body, over the people that you desire to see God work a miracle in. Begin to declare the word of God in Psalms. The psalmist said, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits who forgives all of your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. I want you to begin to declare God's word over your life, over your body. Speak the word. When our son Tommy, he's back there somewhere. When he was in, there he is for our guest. Stand up, Tommy. Our guest may not know the story, but just years ago, Tommy, he's our son. He was in an accident, a motorcycle accident. It sheared his brain in half. He crushed one side of his face, phase four crushing, ripped arteries out of his heart. Nine injuries that should have killed him instantly, they said. He was so bad the night we got there after the wreck, the doctors looked at my wife and his sister, Cindy, and told us, said, he'll never make it through tonight. We, we probably should not have revived him. And if we had known the intents of his injuries, we probably would have not. And at that moment, a word dropped down from heaven. There was no great faith in that room. We were scared to death. You hear what I'm saying? We just told our son's dead. He was brain dead at that moment. He will not make it through the night. There was no great faith in that room. It was fear. We had to combat fear. And to combat fear, God dropped a word. Just one word. But he said, like rain that comes down from heaven to water the earth, it will not come back to me empty. And we knew, I spoke it out loud. I didn't even know where it come from. The scripture, he shall not die. And I said this, he will not die. He will live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm taking my son home and I'm gonna take him home well. And then you're like, what did I just say? You know, like, whoa. But it was such an authority that the Holy Spirit sent through his word. And every day they told us for 24 days that our son was 100% dead and that we had to turn him off on that last week that he was done. And on that 24th day, the doctor pinched him on the chest and Tommy grabbed his hand. Seven days later, he was out of intensive care. He's never had a memory loss. He's totally well by the power of God. I'm telling you, begin to pray the word of God over your situation. Begin to pray and speak the word of God. You are my healer. You were wounded for my transgressions. I'm preaching again, aren't I? You were wounded for my transgressions. You were bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was placed upon you, but by your stripes, I am healed. Begin to speak that over your life. Sundays. Many of you didn't get it. You didn't see it because it was in the third service, man. Pastor Joe, was that not a word Sunday? And in that third service, he told me, he said, I'm feeling to go a little if it's okay. And I said, You're the, you do it, man. And in that third service, right in the middle of his message, he started telling his personal story because he almost died years ago. He, he's been very, very ill for over six years. That's why you haven't seen him here before then. And, and one of the diseases that hit him was Lyme disease. And, and, and it crippled him. He, he literally couldn't hardly walk. He would stumble. He had to have help to walk. They would move him into his pulpit, and he would preach and take him home, and he didn't show up the whole week. For six years, he's been going through that. And Sunday, he began to tell the story that God healed him of Lyme disease, not knowing that sitting in the back, Mo, one of our children's workers, was sitting over there, and Mo's been diagnosed with Lyme disease for nine years. 
He, can't, he had to have crutches, his kings, and everything to walk. He hadn't ran in nine years. And the word of God hit him when they said that. And the word of God touched Mo and said, I'm healing you right now. And Mo ran around this building twice. Has not run in nine years. I told that story in the eight o'clock service and he took off running again. I wish he was in here right now. But he's with our children. And, and he was riding a bicycle at our meeting Friday night. Hadn't done that in nine years. He was jumping up here this morning, putting his knee to his face. What happened? The healer showed up. Come on, somebody. The healer showed up. We had another lady that's sitting in here right now. She, she was up here in line in prayer. And Pastor Joe had us hold hands. And, and then he had us lift our hands together. And, and I saw her pulling her hand away. And, and, and I was like, what's going on? And we didn't know her right shoulder was severely injured and she couldn't raise her hand. But while she's trying to get away, God healed her. And she shot that whole arm up in the air and just, just started shooting that arm up in the air as God healed her body. Come on, I'm telling you today, you need to speak God's word. You need to start declaring God's word that I am healed in Jesus' name and begin to pray God's word over your body, over those that you're believing God for. Come on, can we start seeing miracles like that happen all the time? Purpose. You need to pray for purpose. Purpose. Discovering your purpose. Revelation, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loved us and releases us from our sins in his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. I hear the cross roaring this morning. Now I hear the cross trying to say something to us, but you gotta listen, that old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus today. You need to get X out of your vocabulary. I'm not an ex-addict any longer. I'm not an ex-alcoholic any longer. I'm not an ex-junkie any longer. I'm, I'm not an ex-offended person any longer. I'm not, I'm, that's not who I am today. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir. I'm a king. I'm a priest in the kingdom of God today. You need to start declaring that over your life as you're in prayer that, that I have purpose. I've been destined for purpose. I've been destined to make a difference in other people's lives. That's why we have the dream team that you can join and, and serve here. Over 100 people serves here every Sunday on our dream team and, and over 30 are in our, in our growth track this month getting ready to get on that team. And we're going to watch God, but you've got to start understanding and start declaring it in your life. Everybody look at me for one second. Everybody look at me for one second. The number one issue with our nation today with the, with the hatred and the violence and everything that's going on our street is the lack of an affirmation of a father to his children. You listen to what I'm saying. The number one cause of all of this that we're seeing with the crime and everything out there is, is young men and young women who never got affirmed by their father. But I want you to look at me today and hear what your preacher's saying to you today. Your heavenly father in heaven has designed this day for you to hear your pastor tell you that he's affirming you today, that he's got destiny and purpose over your life and no negative word that's ever been spoken over you, no curse has ever been placed upon you, none of that offense has ever happened to you is gonna control and own your life any longer. Your Father in heaven loves you today. He's embracing you today with his word and he wants to affirm you and let you know that you're special to him and special in his kingdom and he's got purpose and plans for your life that will amaze you if you'll just start declaring them over your 
eternal life and receiving them from your Father today. Amen. Do it. Because God's got purpose for you and you need to begin to pray your purpose. Begin to declare it in your life. First Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, the cross, as a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Jesus. The reward redeemed there means to take you back to where you were in the womb of your mother before you were ever born. What does that mean? God said, I want to take you back and let's bypass all of your failure. Anybody besides me got some? I want to take you back and bypass all your sin, all your mistakes, all your hurts. All your, anybody besides me been hurt and offended and like, disappointed? God says, I want to bypass all of that. Let's start over again. He put it like this in the prophet. He said, come on, y'all. Let's reason this out together. Come on, how many's glad Jesus isn't standing above you with a two-by-four going, breathe again, just breathe one. Just... <laughs> I'm just glad that you don't serve a Jesus like that. But we serve a Jesus that says, come on, Dan, I know, you're, I know you messed up. I know, I know you're struggling. I, I know you shouldn't have said that. I know you shouldn't have thought like that. I know, come on, but Jesus didn't come up here and go, bam. He says, come on, Dan, let's sit down and reason this together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'm gonna make them white as snow because I've got purpose for you. I've got destiny for you. The enemy tried to steal that. It's not you the devil wants to kill today. It's God's purpose in you that he wants to destroy today. Last of all, is transformation. How many's glad? I'm so used to this screen. <laughs> I'm spoiled too. How many's glad God doesn't just save us and leave us alone, but he transforms us? Come on, how many besides me is in that transforming mode right now? He transformed us. Second Corinthians, Paul said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature has come. The old has gone and the new is here. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to declare that newness in your life and your prayer every day. I want you to begin to declare that, Father, I'm a new person in you today. I thank you for the transformation that's taking place in my life. I thank you that you're making me what I could never be on my own. I thank you, God, that you're taking that old man and you've moved him aside and you're making me a new man. In you today, Father, I thank you that, God, I'm a new person in Christ. And everybody look at me. I know I'm asking you because I want you to get this. You will never change what you tolerate. You can't ask God to change what you're tolerating in your life. You can't ask God to take away something if you're still wanting it. Don't approve what you're asking God to take away. I'm getting woos now, said amen. <laughs> how many's glad that God's changing us? But here's how he does it. Go back to the next scripture, and I'm gonna close with this. And we all, say all. all. Hit your neighbor, don't hit them, just bump them, say that's you. That's you, that's me. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, he didn't go past tense there. He didn't say we've been transformed. He said we're being transformed. 
It's a process. And then he says that process looks like this. From glory to glory. From day to day. I was cussing a lot three months ago. I, I might have let one slip today, but it wasn't nothing like three months ago, all right? Now, I'm not approving cussing, but that was somebody's bondages. Yes, it was, DB. Yes, it was, okay. <laughs> she cussed more than 20 men when I met her. She did. She wasn't drugs and alcohol. She was out of mouth. When God saved her, that was the thing God had to set her free from. And it didn't happen overnight. Because we were in a restaurant with my children and the waiter was taking too long and she went, where are the blanks the waiters around here? And my kids went. And I went, it's okay, it's okay. She just got saved, it's okay. And then she was in a meeting and they were all cursing and she come to our house going, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. I go, what happened? She said, oh, they were cussing. Every word out of their mouth was curse words and I'm sick. And me and Kathy laughed. We said, that was you, that was you. She's like, never. I go, no, it was you and worse, I can promise you. <laughs> come on, how many's glad God transforms lives? But he's doing it day by day. I, I saw three guys that were agnostics a year and a half ago. But today I watched two of them play instruments on our platform and last Sunday I looked over and it made my day when I watched the other one doing this. Amen. Both hands, I'm like, are you kidding me? Amen. Yes! Because just months ago he was denying this God that he's lifting his hands to today. And you know what? Hadn't got it all down yet, have you Kyle? Because I ain't neither, brother. That's why we fish together. So he helps me and I help him. It's called small groups. But we're being transformed. Come on, how many's glad God's transforming you today? He, he's transformed. He's from glory to glory. He's not asking you to be perfect today. He's just saying, make that next step today. Get a little bit. And so that I'm looking more like Jesus every day. I've got more of his nature every day. I've got more of his character. And that's what I want you to begin to pray is, Father, just keep transforming me. And I pray it every day of my prayer. I pray these every day is, Father, just let your word keep transforming my life. Don't let it return back to you empty. But God, change my attitude. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better father. Help me to pastor these people better, Father. Help me to be a better man of God. Give me more sensitivity. Give me more compassion, God. Let me look more like you, act like you, be like you, Father. I'm asking you, Lord, to keep taking away this flesh. And keep giving me more of your spirit. Keep transforming me. Keep transforming me. That's what God wants to do in your life. And I want to challenge every one of us today that we, we understand this. Speak the word of God. Speak forth a new mind. Speak forth a new way of thinking. Refuse the negativity, the doubt, the unworthiness, the fear. Don't let it have any place in your life. And we begin to declare every day, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, my Lord. And let the cross of Jesus speak to you every day. And listen to what it's saying. Because it's got something to say to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we thank God for his work today? Will you bow your heads with me? And I want to pray for you. And while your heads are bowed, I want to ask you, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I don't know Jesus today. I'm, not, I'm a good person. I'm just not in a good place spiritually. Somebody invited me today or I came on my own and I've heard and I've felt the presence of God in worship. I may not have understood it all, but I felt something real here and I'm hearing a simple word today that Jesus loves me and Jesus has purpose for me. Jesus has a plan for my life. He's not here today to judge me or beat me up. He's here to love me and help me. 
get back on track. And I just want you to pray a prayer for me. And I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you, if that's you today, would you just lift a hand and you can put it right back down. It's really for God to see that, yep, they're listening. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over. Thank you. I just need a new change in my life. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a new direction. And I know I need Jesus in my life. Anyone else before we pray? If you raised your hand or you did not and you need Jesus in your life today, maybe online, you're viewing with us. Maybe you're in the living room somewhere. Maybe you're in the office and you need to pray this prayer. Pray it with me. Church, help us as we pray. Say, Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth, that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you join me. About eight or nine hands were just raised in here.